Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Wilson from Legends Home, and you're listening to the Legends of Home podcast, the weekly show for furniture reps who want to engage, learn, and grow their business and brand. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Alex Back, industry veteran and former co-owner of Apartment 2B. He's going to tell us about his newly launched Couch.com, and then we'll talk about the importance of branding, both personal and business. So welcome to the Legends of Home podcast. I'm Jonathan, joined today by Alex Back. He is a former owner, co-owner of Apartment 2B, former COO of Apartment 2B, and now CEO of Couch.com. Um, and uh, Alex has joined me today to, in part, talk about Couch.com because it is a new launch. Uh, so Alex, why don't you go into that a little bit? Because I know that's probably what you're dying to share. And uh, we we want to know what it is too. I was looking a little online and uh, rightly so. You're you're talking about how when people are searching for sofas on the internet, uh, couch is the word that the average public, the average consumer uses. They don't use the sofa terminology like we've been trained in the furniture industry to use. So <laughs> Trained, threatened, warned. I I remember um, many times when I would correct my um, employees and people on my marketing team in apartment to be like, no, it's a sofa. It's not a couch. Um, and here we are, couch.com. It, is hap- it happens to be the number one search term in the furniture industry. So that, that added to its appeal um, for me to uh, acquire the domain um, but really, I had this sort of aha moment this past year as I was taking some time to figure out what, what my next move was going to be after exiting apartment 2B. And it, it sort of occurred to me that there was a major problem that still has not been solved, which is that customers really don't know where to go to buy furniture. Now, many of us in the industry, like we're all at some level, we're involved in furniture marketing. So we know it can be quite quite difficult. Um, the fact that there's very little brand recognition in the furniture space uh, leads customers to go to sort of these big box stores or uh, national brands um, first and foremost and overlooks a lot of the other retailers in the space that everybody does something really well. And customers are ultimately are not being served because there's no one place for them to go to figure out where to go and buy furniture, namely a couch. So we're attempting to create a comprehensive uh, place to make customers feel comfortable in their couch buying journey. They would start at couch.com, let us know what is most important to them about their couch purchase, um, whether that's you know the comfort, the style, the timing of something. Maybe they need something tomorrow, and that weeds out a lot of different retailers and, and puts some at the forefront. So ultimately, we want to get information from a customer. What are they looking for? And then point them in the right direction with a comprehensive database of online furniture retailers, brick and mortar furniture retailers, and actual products for them to consider to get them many steps closer to the ultimate conversion. And that's that's sort of the, the um, elusive thing in the furniture space, how to, to lessen the, the time to conversion from start to finish for a customer. And I think that we're on the right track. Yeah, I agree. I saw a quote that said uh, you defined couch.com as an attempt to democratize the furniture industry and not rely on the Googles of the world to tell you who has the biggest budget. Uh, I thought that was great <laughs> because you're absolutely right. If you type in, you know, what I'm looking for is a sofa, like 
the first page is all the sponsored ads. And then it's going to go into the people who are spending the most on uh, SEO optimization and all of this, you know. So uh, I, I thought that was a really great way to put it. Yeah. So I, so our company, Apartment 2B, was uh, acquired by um, a mid-major furniture chain in the Midwest. Um, and then I stayed on, and that was in 2018. I stayed on for four years as COO. I was part of the integration process and part of this, and a, and a big part of the new entity's sort of omni-channel marketing approach. And it, it became very clear to me early on, and I already sort of knew this, but brick and mortar furniture retailers are doing 80% of the business or 80% of the commerce happens on the brick and mortar level in the furniture space. And yet 80% of the searches, 80% of, of, of shopping starts with online searches. So there's a major disparity and brick and mortar retailers, they're not armed with all of the knowledge and know-how and expertise on their internal teams to be able to compete with some of the even boutique retailers online, like the one that I used to run. So Apartments UB is constantly featured as being like one of the top 10 places to buy a couch um, in America, or you know, we're, we're, the people write tons of articles about us because we're very present online and they can monetize um, their editorial exposure of Apartments UB very easily, us being an online retailer. But no one's writing articles about Bob's Discount Furniture, and yet it's like a multi-billion dollar juggernaut. And the list goes on and on and on. So the attempt that we're making here is to make a platform where not only online retailers or retailers with like a strong online presence are featured, but rather everyone in the furniture industry, whether that's uh, a national chain like Bob's or a regional uh, chain like The Room Place or a... Uh, independent mom and pop shop that may have one location. This is a place, a platform where everybody can get exposure to users shopping for couches, um, sort of, as I said, democratizing the online space by bringing everybody together in one place and sort of evening out the chips, so to speak. Yeah. And you do it in a fun way. Uh, you define yourself as a furniture nerd. I define myself as a furniture nerd also. Uh, you have a video of uh, couch surfing, quite literally, uh, a couch on some waves, and you're riding on there. So uh, you're you're doing it in a lighthearted manner, which uh, I think we all appreciate, especially the the average consumer who's going on. And as you've mentioned, it's sort of an intimidating process. Um, I've done a whole lot of training in my time, and you're talking about how this it all starts with a search, uh, sales training. I mean, and I used to train salespeople that like when a new customer comes in. One of the first questions you should ask is, show me your phone. What are you looking for? Like almost guaranteed they've looked it up online. They probably have a screenshot or a link or something like that, you know? Absolutely. So this is, and I think you've touched upon like this whole hypothesis that I've had or, or which comes from observations like the one you just mentioned. Customers are starting their search online. They're finishing it in store. So how do we make them feel extremely comfortable so that visit to the store can be their last one where they walk out with a purchase order or an actual piece of furniture. They still come to the store. Maybe they have something on their phone, but they don't quite feel comfortable enough. Now, the good salespeople can probably, probably the ones that you've trained, can do that in one visit where they get information from the customer and they're able to guide them to a place that they feel comfortable enough to spend $1,000, $2,000, $5,000. 
But oftentimes it takes multiple visits and multiple weeks. And I think that it's not just because of the high ticket or average order value, that it's more about the level of comfort that customers are missing. They don't feel comfortable buying furniture simply because they don't know what's good and what's bad. It can be as mysterious as the car industry is for some people. And um, my attempt that we're making here with couch.com is to really make customers feel as comfortable as possible with knowledge and insight and advice so that they go to a store or go to an online retailer ready to buy. I, I absolutely love it. Um, which brings up the uh, potato meter. Do you want to talk about the potato meter a little bit? Yeah, so <laughs> the potato meter is our sort of rating system. And um, I was heavily inspired by uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the movie or entertainment uh, critique website with their tomato meter. Um, there exists, there's a, there's a big ecosystem out there for online furniture reviews. Most of them are sponsored uh, or heavily incentivized. So some of them are more rep, you know, uh, easy to trust than others. Some are literally just trying to make a commission off of the review. Um, our, our goal is to be sort of like the wire cutter or the rotten tomatoes of the furniture space where we're reviewing products, we're reviewing brands and telling you really what they do very well. Also highlighting some things they might not do so well. So the potato meter is a numeric rating system that we are applying to these brands and these products so that they're more easily comparable between one another. So you can take um, a, you know, Ashley home store uh, and another uh, local, uh, smaller regional or, or smaller mom and pop shop and compare and contrast what they do. Because while Ashley may be the absolute in industry juggernaut, perfect example of that, um, the mom and pop shop may have been around for 50 years and they do something really well. So we're trying to democratize things in that way as well and give everybody sort of a, a numeric score that we're able to partner with and review. Uh, both retailers and manufacturers, or do you just focus on uh, retail only? It's interesting because um, that brings up sort of a more existential point about the furniture industry and the connection between manufacturers, brands, and retailers. This platform is really being designed to cater to the retailer, whereas someone like a Wayfair is focused on bringing all the manufacturers of the industry into one place without having to go through um, a traditional retail outlet. Well, we're really trying to create the first furniture first marketing platform. And it's for the retailers to be able to market to very warm couch buyer leads. Um, so we're really focused on the retailers and that part of the business. But again, there's a lot of gray area where the manufacturers may come into play. Um, there's a lot of direct to consumer um, uh, sort of menu tailors, if you will, where they have deep factory partnerships or they're white labeling everything that they sell. So there is a... Um, a little bit of a, uh, a a blurry line there. Ultimately, however, Couch.com's purpose is to be an advertising platform for the retailers of the industry. So awesome! Uh, how do, would if a retailer's listening to this now? How do they get on board? Um, that's a good question. So we are currently building this platform to uh, be extremely 
robust and comprehensive and uh, working with a fantastic tech partner to realize this whole vision that we have of having a, a place where you can have uh, pages devoted to uh, singular brands or even stores in a given location, sort of like a, a, a furniture only um, furniture first Yelp type of a situation where brands can have their own pages and things like that. Um, so we'll be making some big announcements surrounding that. Um, we're dialed in with some of the editors at Furniture Today, and I think they're interested in seeing what happens with us. So when the platform is ready to cater to brands, we'll be accepting sort of affiliate partnerships, um, traditional uh, advertising, like banner ads and uh, branded pages and things of that nature, as I just described. So that's coming soon, probably in the next two months or so, early spring. Currently, what we're focused on is creating a lot of the content surrounding our platform. Um, and we're doing that at couch.com or we're reviewing brands um, and we are reviewing products. We're about to start uh, unleash our first product review as well. So I'm excited about that. Um, and uh, really giving precedence to some of these early adopters uh, of couch.com platform and, and trying to make some great partnerships um, for, to help us launch it. So. Uh, folks can reach out to me directly. I'm a very communicative person, very busy, but like I love receiving emails from everybody and an opportunity is an opportunity. My email is alex at couch.com, so um, easy to find. But yeah, we would love to, we're focused right now on reviews and just sort of general information. It's a great time to start, start a conversation and be one of the first sort of pioneers of this platform um, right now. Um, you had mentioned earlier about uh, not letting the Googles of the world tell you who has the biggest budget. So if there is going to be uh, you know, traditional advertising on couch.com and everything, um, how, how are we going to differentiate the mom and pop from the guy who has quite a bit more money to spend on that uh, ad spending? Yeah, it's uh, a great question. And I think you know there is, on any advertising platform, there is maybe a, a hierarchy of spend, but then there's also a, on the other side, the bigger the spend, the bigger sort of the nut that they have to cover in their own operations. So um, I still see it as as a little bit of an equal opportunity, whereas in the Google space, it's, it's, it's extremely cost prohibitive, especially in the furniture space, to, um, to get any sort of market share in that arena. Whereas here, there's going to be plenty of opportunity and much less expensive, certainly at the beginning, where we're looking to make you know, sort of promotional, we'll have promotional pricing to make great relationships with people going forward. But to answer your question more directly, um, the big focus of our site when it comes to retailer discovery is that every retailer will be sort of treated the exact same in a, in a given region. Um, advertising to have, you know, your own branded page with reviews, with store hours, with pictures that you can co-manage with, with us at couch.com. Um, those that will be a, a set price. So just like you would pay a certain price for uh, a Yelp page or to have a premium listing there or something like that, we're not talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars here just to you know get people in your door. There's there's going to be opportunity for everybody on this platform because the entry point is going to be very low. I'm thinking somewhere in the five hundred to thousand dollars a month range. Um, other comp comparable ideas in other industries like the wedding industry and things like that, serving local vendors seems to be in that range. 
And I think almost any furniture store out there can find that within their budget. So I'm excited to get it out there. I think like they'll have, we'll have a lot of adoption early on because there's going to be such a low entry point to be to be featured on couch.com. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, ad spending is a part of business. And as print ads have kind of started to slip by the wayside, it's opened up uh, an avenue of of uh marketing spend that uh, retailers don't know what to do with. You know, they they know that the newspaper isn't working as well as it used to, but that's where they've always spent their money. So they're throwing it at it now. So it seems like a good opportunity to create a new landing page uh, and, and to redirect those regional customers of theirs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are other benefits as well um, of, you know, being on different platforms, not just, you know, taking advantage of our um sort of online uh, presence as couch.com, like this very powerful single word domain, um, but also, you know, just being for SEO purposes, like being in different places, us having written articles and linking back to retail websites or store locator pages and things like that will give them precedence on Google as well. So being a part of uh, a larger platform that links to your store and to your um, to your various websites or whatever they may be um, is advantageous in ways that could pay dividends down the road too from an SEO perspective. Awesome. Uh, and it's also a good segue uh, regarding SEO. Uh, I put your name in quotes in Google and searched you up before we had this interview so that I could make sure I did my due diligence and research and everything. Uh, and you're all over the place. Uh, you really are. Uh, so good for you. Well done. And uh, as far as my main audience, which is typically the sales rep, uh, that was one of the reasons I was looking forward to chatting with you, is to talk about uh, your your branding, both your personal branding and your business branding. You had mentioned Apartment 2B. You uh, co-owned that uh, back in 2008. You started it, I believe. Um, and uh, you started it with Matt Herman. And I see that he was the son of a furniture rep. And so you probably have had plenty of conversations. What's your uh, furniture history before the beginnings uh, of, of your career? Wow. How did you find out that his, his dad, Harvey, was a furniture rep? You and my dude did me. Okay, great. <laughs> yes, he was. And Matt, you know, has uh, Matt's like my, my best buddy. And he's sort of like my brother and business partner. And um, yeah, his dad. Uh, was in the industry all growing up and Matt famously tells a story. He's like, the last thing I wanted to do after college was move back to Cleveland and sell furniture. So what did I do? I moved back to Cleveland and sell furniture. So Matt had a number of wholesale rep jobs um, and positions and also ran a very, very popular retail store here in Los Angeles. Um, I got to know Matt when he was working at that retail store and we did some business with Costco, uh, doing some special events. So that was sort of how I got started in the furniture industry by running these special events where we would go into Costco for 10 days and uh, Love Sack is all over this Costco roadshow thing now. But uh, I think we started, we were doing this before anybody else was as far as I know. Um, and we would sell furniture to Costco members. And because Costco is such a trusted name and brand, People would come in and they wouldn't require much, you know, much research or return visits. Like they would convert on the first visit most of the time. We would sell couches by writing up sales orders and sending people to the register to pay for them, and then we would deliver them 
uh, to them in, you know, in a couple of weeks after that. So anyway, that's how we got started there. But after that business sort of wound down, uh, Matt was a wholesale rep. Um, he worked for Simmons Strata Lounger. Uh, he worked for Ashley. And while he was at Strata Lounger, there's this like amazing story that was sort of our origin and part of the reason that I'm still in the furniture business. So his territory was um, uh, Southern and uh, coast mid, uh, mid-coast California. Um, at the time, I was sort of like a sub rep for him and I was helping him service his clients. He was very busy. The line was super hot back then at this specific point in the early aughts. Um, and I was like, I was a young guy living in Los Angeles and he and I would like drive around and we would call on all the clients and I would help, you know, with various things and just learn. So he gets an email out of the blue from somebody saying they want to open up an online account. Well, there existed very few online accounts in this particular line did not have any online presence at the time. Um, and so he asked his sales manager, Hey, can I, can I open them up? Uh, he was like, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, let's see how it goes, but we don't have any online person. Let's see. So what did they need? They needed data. They needed, you know, spreadsheets, they needed images and really no additional servicing was necessary for this client. So Matt opens them up two days later or something like that. He wakes up to one order. Three days later, there's three orders. Five days later, there's 10 orders and they're all going one at a time, going here, going there from Mississippi shipping to you name it. Uh, that was CSN that became Wayfair. Oh man. So, oh man. That that really inspired us initially to start Apartment 2B at that time because we realized that there was tremendous opportunity um in this space and um that's essentially how how we got into e-commerce. Um it was about it was actually 2010 that we got it started. But that's how we got into e-commerce from seeing that opportunity from the Wayfair story or CSN at the time. It's, that's a remarkable story. Uh, and it is a, it's a big venture to start up like that. I saw that you got uh, seed money from friends and family. Uh, and then, you know, and now we all pretty much within the industry, at least know about apartment to b So to kind of get back to the main topic at hand, um, what do you believe is the essence of, of branding, both personal and business? Like, uh, where do you start? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think like any, you know, business need you, you want to start by solving a problem. And I mean, I do, I like play basketball a lot and I listen to like business podcasts and market podcasts constantly. And it seems like this is the permeating thing. Like rather than creating something just that you think people may like, I think there's a lot of that that goes on in branding, especially in the furniture space. Or you like latch onto a name or something sounds cool and you just go with it. I think starting with the why of it all is the most important thing. So let's let's make up a brand right now. Let's say like there was uh, you know, there's we've ident we make recliners and you know, we've identified that re uh, recliner sales are going down in in, in numbers. Um, and we want to solve the problem that seems to be affecting the industry, which is that people don't think recliners are cool anymore. We're not so pretty. Then, yeah. Right. Not pretty. So this is not the right brand, but like a brand called pretty recliners <laughs> might do better than something called like, a, you know, recliner luxury or, or something like that, because it addresses directly a problem that the, in, that we're solving for the industry. 
So that's an ex- that's like where I would start. Just figure out like what what problem are you solving with this brand? This like this um, this idea, these images, this um, these products, this grouping of products that becomes a brand. Like what is it that you're solving, and how do you message that when you in creating and developing your brand principles? You differentiate between uh, a business brand and a personal brand. Yeah, um, I think ultimately they have sort of the same the same principles. Um, to me, a brand is a a trusted resource, and that resource can provide you products. It can provide you entertainment. It can provide you information. Um, and so, I think personal brands, you know, work in the same way that business brands do. Like, I follow a lot of. Um, marketing individuals that have great personal brands on Twitter slash X and watch YouTube videos and read articles and things like that. Um, and they're providing me with information and insight ideas, um, to help me grow my business. And then there are brands that I rely upon like this to provide me, you know, clothing that I know I can trust and that I will like. Um, so I think they're one in the same, um, and then a one little opinion thing, I think the idea of a personal brand, you know, is a little bit overblown in the sense that it matters only if it matters. Um, like there's a guy in the marketing space named uh, Neil Patel and his company's called NP Digital, Neil Patel Digital. So his personal brand is extremely important since it's directly tied to the trust, where, whereas my personal brand may not be as tied to couch.com when it eventually uh, grows into what it's supposed to be um, because it's a little bit less relevant. And yet you still have uh, alexback.com. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, luckily that was easy to grab. um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just wanted to have something for myself to, you know, um, bring in my own opportunities. And, you know, I love talking business. So people, people have reached out to me. I love uh, doing, you know, little consulting here and there, or just even just chatting about biz is, is what I enjoy doing. So I like being out there, as you said before. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, one of the things you just said was that a brand is a trusted resource. Uh, I think that is perfect because that does encapsulate both the personal and the professional side, the business side of branding. Um, like you, you mentioned your shirt. I, I'm a Cole Hahn fan. Like uh, I have 10 pairs of Cole Hahn shoes, if not more. And uh, I will always stop at a Cole Haan outlet. Um, but then on the other side, I have a really good friend named uh, Josh Benson, who has done startups with various uh, AI firms and other uh, SAS uh, companies. And like, if I have anything that relates to his category, I know that I can call him and pick his brain and that I'm going to get fed. There you go. Exactly. So that's awesome. Uh, a, a brand is a trusted resource. So can you provide any examples of uh, some successful personal or business branding? Um, any any anecdotes or anything that's made some significant impact, whether your own or just those that you know about? Yeah, look, I think um, it, it, it it's a broad example, but really my last company, Apartment 2B, it, it really was the brand that made everything work. We as a retailer were a traditional retailer. 
And we walk the line uh, from a customer's perspective of being the brand that actually produces all the furniture and just the retailer that sells it. And this is not something that a lot of people have attempted. Um, and, and still to this day, there's not that many brands that go this route. Um, so the difference that I'm trying to highlight is, to be clear, we sold probably, we had 40 to 50 different suppliers at any one time. And Apartment 2B was a brand that was selling furniture just like Raymore and Flanagan does, except we were doing it in a way that was like hyper, hyper branded. We didn't have an Ashley section of the store. We didn't, we didn't sort of veer away from that brand. Everything had our name on it without being dishonest. I mean, we'd always even disclose whatever, you know, information or manufacture info that we needed to. Um, but I think that was key to our success, just having this cohesive place uh, where we could, instead of building our customer loyalty and trust and reputation on a given product or set of products that maybe somebody else made, we built trust in our brand and invested in one singular place where we sort of advertised furniture of different kinds for a sing singular lifestyle with a singular look and a very specific messaging and voice. And I think that it was extremely helpful for customers, even though we sold, I mean, you name it, on the manufacturer list, um, almost anybody that was relevant to our price point and space, we tried. Um, but it really sort of worked for the customers because they didn't have to, it just took that variable off the table and they were able to focus on, is this a company, a singular brand that I trust to give me good quality and good looking goods. And we delivered on that promise, luckily. So it all kind of worked. That's, that's a great example. And, uh, going back to one of the things you previously said, uh, I think Costco does that fairly well. Also, um, if you're a, if, if you're a consumer and listening to this podcast, you should know that, uh, Costco has some of the most strict and stringent rules for selling furniture to them based upon a quality standpoint. It, uh, it can be difficult to get on their floor just because they are uh, relentless with, uh, how, how good that product has to be. Um, and I just know this from the furniture world, but I've heard other people talk about, yeah, I bought a blender from Costco 20 years ago and it's still going strong, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Costco is an amazing example. Um, and an example where you don't necessarily have to have the coolest brand on the blog. I wouldn't say Costco is a cool or fashion forward brand, but it is a place where, they have built so much trust with their customer base and their name means their name is synonymous with good deal and value. Um, and I think in recent years, they've been working on the like style or, or a cool factor a lot, bringing brands and buying products that are actually a little bit ahead of the game versus, um, on the discount rack or trying, you know, going through a clearance process. All that to say, you walk into Costco as a customer, you know you're getting something that's good quality. You know you're getting something that's a great deal because you know they've negotiated and got the absolute best price for you. Um, and ultimately, you have so much comfort because you know that if something goes wrong, they're going to take care of you. They almost sort of figured out the the formula of a great retail uh, relationship that's virtually impossible to replicate because they just have they're so much further ahead than anybody else. Yeah. And as you say, when you go into a Costco, um, they're not trying to wow you with a, a POP or huge banners or anything like that. I mean, it still looks like a warehouse. 
today as it did long time ago. You know, you, they they have a focus on what their brand is and they stick with it. Yeah. And uh, and it's the same thing as as you know the same concept as you mentioned the Cole Haan outlet. Like who doesn't want to who doesn't want to go into an outlet place? Like you feel like it's it's fun. It's not as pretty maybe as the in store display in a Macy's or something for Cole Haan, but you know that you're going to find something you like, and you know that everything there is going to be a, at least a very good value. So it's worth a look. Costco is the same way. Yeah, and uh, it brings up the treasure hunting side of the sale. Uh, it's, you know, you don't know what you're going to find. It's not something that's going to be on their website necessarily. So, yeah. Do you have any, uh, key strategies for building a strong brand? Um, I think, you know, I think one very important thing is to really invest in it. And in the furniture space there, we're so, um, we're so, there's such a lack of branding. It's, it's almost like the last thing um that's considered at times and some brands you know i mean i think we were both just at the vegas market recently like you see some some furniture manufacturing brands or or uh or or suppliers just really doing a great job of it and others you're like what are they what are they doing and and all that to say i think it's worth investing in branding can be a very um there can be a lot of art there's a, it's an art form is what I'm trying to say. And there can be a lot of specificity and creativity that goes into even the simplest of brands. And it's easy for us in the furniture space. We're very, by and large, pretty straightforward. <laughs> Supply a product, we advertise it, you buy it. But at, but investing in the brand and getting, let's say, an agency or somebody on your team that's really dialed in to the colors, to the fonts, to the naming, to your buyer personas, like who are you really marketing to? All those levels of specificity are worth investing in at the beginning so that you don't have to go back and retrace your steps or erase something that you've done before. I would say at the beginning, just like I've done with couch.com, really invest in the branding. Even if you need to go outside for help and pay more than you're comfortable for, it'll probably pay dividends in the end. Yeah. Um, one example I can think of that we've uh, just is kind of top of mind awareness is obviously uh, working as a manufacturer, we're sending out presentations to all sorts of retailers all over the place. Um, and we would have different people within the company building these presentations. Uh, but then it would start to look a little bit different. You know, this presentation that might be on these case goods would look different than this presentation that was on upholstered headboards or something. Uh, and finally, our creative director, Christian Smith, uh, sent out a template and he said, this is the presentation template from now on we all use this it has our you know our, this is our company brand as far as a presentation goes and it doesn't matter who it's for or when you're sending it use this uh and that was a good lesson on the specificity that you're talking about totally that's that's a perfect example and you know and, and transparently like even a company that's well-branded or a brand that's perceived as being so at apartment 2b things like that would happen all the time where you're just doing a lot of things all at once. It takes a lot to run any sort of furniture business, whether you're a rep on the road or you're a retailer or manufacturer. Like there's so many different things involved. Um, it's just this is something that, you know, is probably worth really focusing on, even if you're doing just the basics of, of something like you said, like making sure there's cohesiveness in the materials that you're putting out. Maybe they're not like drop dead gorgeous. 
but at least they're similar and can sort of uh, contribute to that trusted resource aspect because um, specificity and, and repetition builds trust. Yeah, I think that's great. And to your point, it, uh, now that that template is set up, it makes getting new presentations done faster, easier. We don't have to think about it as much. I don't have to go through all the templates and try to figure out what look do I want for this retailer. It's like, okay, we've we, we've got that figured out. Um, right. Like they used to say, uh, Steve Jobs basically had uh, jeans and a black turtleneck in his closet, and that was it. You know, you don't don't have to think about it after that. So, and you knew that when he was giving the keynote speech, that's what he was going to come out in. So it was it's very interesting that how you can uh, get people sort of hooked or, or addicted to a specific thing or just ready for the, you know, if you're specific it and, and, um, uh, it could, it could really pay dividends. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the age of, uh, social media and digital presence and all that, how, how important is it to have this cohesive brand image beyond just individual email presentations or anything like that across the entire breadth of the internet? Um, yeah, I would say it's it's pretty important. Um, I think what's not as important is being everywhere all at once. And you hear a lot of that. Like, there's a major temptation these days to do everything because we're all getting fed information so much more quickly. Like, I read these marketing roundups every morning and, and uh, you know, business articles. I mean, I'm reading, I don't know, 10 to 15 a day. And I just I have pages and pages and pages of notes. If I did all of these ideas that I'm getting, I would, probably wouldn't get anywhere. Um, I think TikTok is a very good example. And for many furniture retailers, social media um, is a great example. Um, there are a few uh, brands or manufacturers or retailers that are doing a fantastic job on social media. Um, in fact, it's surprisingly poor in the furniture industry. But at the same time, I'm not sure that consumers are looking to retailers to be there on social media, to be um, every everywhere all at once. So I think considering the why of it all, like what problem are you solving? Do people look for solutions to that problem on TikTok or are they looking for, a, you know, to, to be entertained? And that's a question that's have to be has to be answered by every marketer, I think. I mean, specifically in the furniture space, I think it's just really important to stick to like, where are my customers shopping? What are they looking for? Even if it's not sexy, even if that print ad and the penny saver or whatever is still working, maybe just keep going with it until it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Um, I think just resisting a temptation to do all things at all times. Yeah, which uh, another great segue into uh, authenticity. Um, you know, you want to you want to speak about authenticity within a brand and kind of sticking with sticking with what you know and what you're known for? Oh, yeah. That's that's a big one these days. Like, everybody's talking about authenticity, I think. At this point, consumers, generally, we've all just been exposed to so much more information so quickly, and we started started to become hip to the fact that there's a lot of, as consumers, we've been started to come, become hip to the fact that there's sort of a lot of, um, you know, blanket marketing materials and and things that are very generic in nature now with ai everybody's writing these sort of like it's so familiar that you can almost tell the tone of a gpt written thing uh or piece um all that to say that you know individual expertise and authenticity 
is seemingly like the most valuable currency these days, the differentiator between one brand and another brand, um, which is part of the reason why I'm here today. And I'm going to post a link to this podcast when you publish it, because I want people that go to couch.com to see our journey. We have nothing to hide. I believe we're providing a great value and service. So I'm happy to, to take a let people take a peek behind the curtains and see me or the business strategy um, because we have nothing to hide. And I think that really will help build trust with customers. Again, this like sort of trusted resource idea. If you feel like being authentic will and, and showing a different side of you or your company will build trust with your customer base, and I think it's worth doing. Yeah, I mean, and then to speak to that authenticity, as far as this podcast goes, as far as you meeting me here goes, uh, putting your email out there, uh, Alex at couch.com, just, you know, putting it on the line. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, we see it, you know, on the manufacturing side when we can deal with people who um, don't automatically have that uh, A-type uh, business, you know, I am the CEO, therefore I am the authority type of uh, vibe um, and uh, really just become somebody that's fun to work with, you know? Yeah, that's always been my thing. I mean, on the management side of things, I mean, I I really have always taken as authentic of an approach as I can, you know, with the teams that I've managed and there's a problem, we'll say what the problem is. We don't hide from it, we address it together and um, ultimately I think it's undervalued how much being fun to work with and really caring about people that you're partnering with or that you're working with. Um, I think that's extremely valuable. It is to me and the people that I've worked with, I think have liked that about me and in the team's vibes that I've facilitated personally, that's something I'm proud of. And I, I really believe in that heavily. Awesome. So. Uh, the key takeaways that I've got from this conversation is that a brand is a trusted resource uh, that is somebody who is authentic and is fun to work with, you know, really in a nutshell, right? So that's what we're trying to do at couch.com, baby. So it <laughs> works. So it, uh, if you haven't gone there yet uh, already, just while you're listening to this, uh, it already has a slew of content and that's before pretty much the first and a review even hits the board. So uh, I think it's a tremendous thing that you're doing here with couch.com. I think retailers uh, all across the nation are going to side on board. It's going to become, uh, I was describing it to my wife when she was asking what you know it was. I said, I think it's gearing up to sort of be like apartments.com. Like when, when you need a rental, you know, to just kind of go check that place out or as a, for real estate, Zillow. It's like we, you know, it's, it's a resource for everybody not just the real estate agent but also the consumer and sometimes just like uh, as a renter even i find out what the what's the home value that i'm moving into what's the neighborhood like you know so that one-stop shop for uh just the be all end all of what you're looking for uh now we have it with couch.com that's a that's a great thing you're doing man. thank you so much i'm very very well said um i i, I couldn't agree with uh, more with what you just said and as far as what our general mission and purpose is. So you nailed it. So awesome. Well, uh, anything you want to say in closing to our reps on the road? Um, yeah, keep keep pounding that pavement, I guess. I know business is, is tough out there, but it's interesting, especially being at market last week. Like you can see, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for new players and new brands and new retailers to emerge 
Um, and you can tell like some of the showrooms were super busy and fun and some were like a ghost town. And I think positioning yourselves or positioning the brand that you represent um, as one of those those fun, good ones and, and that great brand that you can really market to customers is uh, a good thing to do. It really matters. It's not just the product anymore. No, not at all. Alex, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful opportunity to uh, have a conversation with you, and uh, I look forward to uh, doing a, a, a year-from-now review of how uh, successful Couch.com has been. Thank you. Let's put it on the books. All right. Until later. Thanks. The information, services, and products talked and or discussed in this podcast is given to the listener with the understanding that neither the speaker, author, seller, nor publisher is engaged in rendering any legal, business, or financial and or medical advice to the listener or to the general public. The views and opinions expressed are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Legends Home, Inc. and its subsidiaries. Any content provided by our speakers or authors is of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anything or anyone. Although we make strong efforts to make sure our information is accurate, Legends Home, Inc. and its subsidiaries cannot guarantee that all the information on this podcast is always correct, complete, or up-to-date.